Welcome to Bite Size Dental Marketing. Today I have Dr. Adam Woods here. Uh, Dr. Adam Woods is a native of Grand Prairie and is deeply rooted in the community of Beaver Lodge, where his practice is currently located. Uh, having played varsity volleyball at GPRC and then pursuing higher education at Edmonton, Dr. Woods is a well-rounded person, both academically and athletically. He has a broad interest in all aspects of dentistry and is dedicated to being a collaborative partner in all his patients' journeys. Dr. Woods is committed to ongoing education to enhance his skills and serve his patients effectively from attending conferences in Guadalajara about full arch dental implants to seeking day-to-day advice from his peers. He's someone always going the extra mile uh, for his patients and in his craft. Uh, besides his professional life, he also enjoys staying active, learning, and spending time with his loved ones. Uh, Dr. Woods, thank you so much. It's lovely to have you today. Thank you, Ian. It's going to so, be fun. So the first one that I always love to kick off with is why dentistry? Because I don't think a lot of people wake up one day and go, <laughs> I'm going to dig in people's mouths. And my dad being a dentist, I've asked him this question many times in life. I said, Dad? Did you just wake up one day and say, I want to dig in people's mouths all day and, and this is going to make me happy? Um, please share a bit about your story of becoming a dentist. That's funny. I, patients ask that every couple of days. They're like, why, why do you do this? Yeah, it's, it's a good question, I think. To be frank, growing up, I didn't really think about it enough. Uh, did well in school. Just kind of the assumption is, uh, yeah be a doctor or something like that sounds good so i just didn't give it a lot of thought didn't look into it all that much shadowed a couple of physicians and stuff but got into undergrad and one thing led to another and i ended up uh looking at both of them uh, dentistry and medicine and and it, it came time to make a decision uh i guess after getting into them and then uh i then i i did my homework and went and shadowed a bunch of people and i looked at both sides and and you know, tried to make a, an objective decision. And it's, you know, it's one of those things where like stuff just works out really, really well. Like I, I think for me, uh, this is the best job I could have probably, you know, it, it, it gives me an opportunity to learn continuously. I mean, I could spend every second of every day learning and, and not know it all. Right. Like it's constantly mm-hmm. evolving evolving there's new stuff out every day new technology new procedures all that kind of stuff i i get to you know get to know patients and, and watch them grow up over time and, and change and go through life stages and stuff uh, obviously haven't seen too many life stages at this point but even even just little things in in the last few years have, have been really cool i i love having the opportunity to be a business owner i mean uh, again i i get to take a team and, and kind of help them like magic. Uh, develop a vision and, and work towards something. And, and, you know, you look at, at growth year to year and people have hard conversations and, and it's just really cool to watch them develop and, and uh, turn into really, really cool people. I, I think ultimately like dentistry allows a lot of freedom, which is, is probably the biggest thing. Like, you know, my personality's kind of shuffled me in a certain direction, but ultimately I think, it kind of has something for everybody, really, right? I mean, you, you get over the whole working in people's mouths thing, and you don't even have to do that if you don't want to. Like, there's lots of other <laughs> stuff you can do in, in that uh, profession, but obviously that's kind of the majority. Um, it become, it becomes be a, a small owner. part you of this. You not be a business owner. Yeah, yeah. It, it, from, from what yeah, it sounds you like, it get becomes over a small part. part of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's you, you start to take that for granted and almost forget that that's what you're working on, right? And all of a sudden it becomes about, like, 
trying to impact people and uh, make them more confident and more comfortable and just make a notoriously unpleasant experience as pleasant as possible. Like that's, that's mm -hmm. kind of the cool challenge too. Right. Cause I mean, it's, yeah, everything's about managing expectations and I feel like people's expectations are usually that uh, going to the dentist sucks. It's not fun. And I agree. There's a lot of stuff that is uncomfortable and not pleasant, but I, I think you get a group of people who are working really hard to make it. I always said it's, Holly it's, it's Hollywood movies. And... I think it's Hollywood movies gave you guys a bad rep because if I remember everything from everything from Finding totally. Nemo and the and the drill, the sounds of the drills and the pelican flying around in the office and and whatever whatever it is, I, I don't know why Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I don't know why this idea was created because as as you're saying now, and and even me thinking back to as a kid growing up with a dad as a dentist I'm, it was amazing to go to the dentist i was like i'm gonna i'm going to my dad yeah. like it's a great it, it was no more scary to me than going to any other medical profession or or having to find out news or it's a it, it's interesting and i think it, i've asked another dentist this before and it was about the fear of the unknown and the idea of the yeah. unknown and like it's a it's a small space it's an uncomfortable thing for people to do and that's maybe why that compared to somebody going to a, a physician or something like that is maybe a different experience because you have this idea in your head of okay they're going to put this here and feel this here and do this whereas with a dentist it's an experience of i'm i'm down and my head's up and my mouth's open and somebody else needs to completely take over so i guess that's a lot part of, of vulnerability it, yeah, a lot of vulnerability. I think that's a that's a good point. And speaking of vulnerability, uh, one thing that I have followed with your journey is the fact that you, of course, started your own practice, as you said now, and that and that is something I know that can't be very easy because I have this vision in my mind, and I've said this before to to many dentists and to friends I've spoken about for that for that matter. Dentists go to school to become a dentist for many many years. And they get really skilled in their craft and it, dentistry. I mean, my sister, like I said, my dad's a doctor. My sister is a, is a doctor. Like I, I saw this happen in my house. It, it becomes this obsession because you love what you do and the idea of what you're going to be yeah. doing and helping people. You love it. And I see you smiling because I know you must have that feeling. It's, it takes a unique person. But then you're thrown into, yeah. okay, now run a business. Now start a business. And now you must know what a lot of other people go and do business degrees for for many, many years. Uh, tell me, tell me a bit about your experience and, and the hardships, and just advice to to a younger dentist that that's coming eventually coming into this, saying, "I want to do this." What What are some things you wish you knew a few years back when you when you looked at this? How many days do you have that we can stay on? <laughs> I I got time. I got time. I can I got talk time about that you. forever. I, Full disclosure, I have a business degree. I have an MBA, but it oh, so that I, I don't know helps it, a lot. It, like, I didn't sort know of, that about you. sort of. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it, like you think differently, but there's still a lot of stuff where it's like there's no. I mean, there probably is a playbook somewhere, but the playbook just isn't necessarily applicable to every situation, right? So mm. I, I I think like the biggest part of it, or the biggest piece of advice that I'd have for that kind of thing is is uh, take stock of who you are and what you want, right? Like. I, I mean, when, when I came out of school, I, I didn't really know what I was getting into, right? You, you kind of form these ideas in your mind and get committed to them and then uh, emotionally buy in and all this kind of stuff. And I, I, I feel like I didn't really do a lot of digging to figure out like why, you know, that's why I came out of school. And I'm like, oh, I want to buy a practice right away and 
yada yada yada. And, uh, was it kind of a Jesus down. take the wheel? Was it kind of a Jesus take the wheel type of situation? It's like I'll I'll figure this <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, which I think I do that a lot with a lot of the big decisions. I mean, that's what I did working right after school. That's what I did when I built this practice. It's a lot of like, yeah, I don't really know what I'm doing, but but I gotta um, do something. You know, I, I always gotta do try something. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'll work at it and. Uh, it'll work out just fine. Um, it's a little bit different. You, you know, you, you think about this versus treating patients. I mean, treating patients, obviously, there there are uh, are are people involved, and and uh, you kind of got to include multiple uh, stakeholders and and risk tolerances and all that kind of stuff. This kind of thing. I mean, most of it is is on me. Obviously, there's there's a team and everything now, right? But most of the the stress and the decision making kind of falls on on one person. So yeah. It was uh, an interesting story. Do you want me to kind of recap it a little bit? Kind of what? I would. I would. I think it'll. Uh, it sounds like you've had you've had a colorful journey, and and, and I mean, well, I'm impressed. I honestly did not know that you that you had your MBA in business. So this kind of goes against my theory of. Would you recommend that for dentists to at least look <laughs> at a bit? Because it seems like it's a it's a good move. So I, I gave a talk to some dental students a while ago, and they asked me that same question: like, sh- should I do an MBA? And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, like you don't. Yeah, I like I have a ge- I have a genuine interest in it, right? Like, okay, I mean, if if I wasn't totally caught up in in what I was doing, like you, you know, like I'll read a business book just for fun because it's it's cool looking at how people. Um, impact things positively and and develop stuff and create systems and help people grow and and mm. you know just again exceed expectations like for me that's cool that's like why i do Everything stuff changes. right yeah yeah um yeah. i i think like a lot of the coursework was i mean it's kind of arbitrary right it's it's business is funny because it's so broad i mean aside from like well even accounting and all that kind of stuff but you know you, you can take these ideas and then you have to like manipulate them and apply them to what you're doing right uh, it's not like there's a course on like how to buy a piece of land build a building and then develop a dental clinic inside yeah, it. you know yeah but there's some stuff on like budgeting and and human resources and you know things that kind of give you a solid foundation just i don't know maybe i take them for granted now uh i'm not totally <laughs> sure but I, I certainly don't think you need to do the whole thing to be you know running yeah. a business I, I think there's probably quicker and more efficient ways to do it but hmm. it's helped but but give me i do want you to give me a little recap if you can just on on that journey and the starting of the practice because i think it's an important story to tell um as as i mean there's a next generation of dentists that's going to want to do this the best piece of advice I ever get is speaking to people with experience. That is why. So if if you could. Man, I'm flattered. I have experience. <laughs> it's like weird to think about. I don't know why. I still feel like I'm on the other other side of it. Yeah. So I, I came out of school. Uh, I knew I was coming home. Like I'm from Grand Prairie originally. I was born and raised here. It's, it's like a city of 70,000 people. Big oil and gas city in Alberta, Canada. And so there's lots of stuff going on. It's busy. There's always, you know, people, there are always people coming here and my family's here, friends are here, all that kind of stuff. So uh, came here, I worked at a clinic where I knew the the lady was kind of planning on transitioning out uh, sooner than later. I was kind of like the main dentist there uh, five days a week. Uh, she didn't, she only worked a few days. Uh, so for me, it was perfect. I mean, I, I kind of got to get a little bit of experience just in uh, managing things by myself and, and seeing how things were run and uh, all that kind of stuff. That was 2019. And right from the get-go, we were kind of talking about 
me purchasing and all this kind of thing. Ultimately, it didn't make sense. I mean, you know, I, I, we probably went through that for about a year. And uh, I, was, I was mentioning how you kind of get like emotionally attached to an idea, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I'm going to buy this clinic. Like, I'm going to make mm-hmm. it work no matter what. And somewhere along the line, like, I don't know if it's, you know, how many people it took, accountants, lawyers, whatever. And they're like, Adam, maybe maybe don't do this. You know, like, maybe this doesn't make sense. Like, it's just not a fit for you or whatever, right? And uh, so eventually I was like, okay, yeah, no, it's not a fit. So that's okay. So I started looking at alternatives logistically. Like, I had a non-compete in Grand Prairie, so uh, I wanted to respect that. And that Beaver Lodge uh, is... 20 minute drive it's a beautiful town people are great uh it's just west of of grand prairie it's like a nice picturesque drive on a divided highway you see the mountains rolling hills I, yeah I it's look, so funny I look at the people, pictures. people are always nice. talking about it. yeah it's beautiful man it's beautiful we need to get you up here um and uh, you know I, I don't know i for me like 20 25 minutes is like it's time to get my head in the game play an audiobook whatever right um so the, the drive's actually been kind of nice but anyway um so i started looking out there uh there was a need uh there there's one uh, great lady working out there but just doing a few days a week you know that's the the town's about three thousand people and then there's probably about fifteen thousand people surrounding area so you know there's there's more of a demand than than what was available so i kind of uh, decided that that I'd look at starting something out there. She's uh, wasn't really ready to transition or anything at that point. So and obviously no other clinic to purchase. So I I just kind of started looking at, at doing a, a ground up. I went through a few different stages. Um, again, this is kind of like beginning of 2020 when I'm looking at this. Ooh. And so we, I kind of had this weird thing too where I was negotiating with banks and talking to them, and then all of a sudden COVID happened, and it's like, okay now all of the banks have different attitudes and kind of had to restart the conversation approach different banks and, and talk to them about different things but i started looking at at buildings in beaver lodge and you know kind of toying with that and trying to make numbers make sense and looking at like getting whole buildings and you know just kind of working with what you have in those types of situations and it, it just seemed like a headache like every <laughs> single opportunity that came up that was that was involved the previous building you know there there was just so many roadblocks like we got to look out for this like the building has a problem with this uh, there's a ton of stuff and and so i was kind of at a standstill a little bit um and then all of a sudden this lot popped up and it was in a perfect spot it was like right on the highway reasonably priced good visibility um good size and so i just jumped on it i mean i was checking you know the real estate page like twice a day kind of thing yeah. so mm-hmm. i was probably the first <laughs> that, you know within a couple hours messages these guys anyway and so ended up uh, getting that and went through the whole process of of you know developing the business plan and talking about building a building and developing a clinic inside and working with engineers and then contractors uh we had a the first contractor ended up having some some financial difficulties, so kind of went through that process where we switched to a different different contractor. A, lo- a who, lot of roadblocks. Uh, ended up being a local guy. A lot yeah, of just a lot of stuff where it's like, okay, like time to pivot. Got to figure out how to how to work around this, right? So yeah, we ended up using a, a local contractor who was who was great. I mean, he was yeah, he was a lot of fun when when they finished building. Still comes by and does maintenance and stuff, but man I, I missed hanging out with them almost every day out there it was uh, a lot of fun so anyway so they 
broke ground in January 2021, which uh, is weird for here because usually it's very, very cold and the ground is frozen and stuff. But it was it was a, a warmer winter, so they were able to break ground and building was finished in, I mean, it was probably finished in July, but we weren't ready to go until August. So we opened our doors at the end of August and we've been running for two and a half years now, I guess. And so we have two dentists two full-time hygienists we need more yeah staff if, if you're out there uh, if you're in grand, grand prairie grand prairie <laughs> yeah. surrounding areas hygienists please we need, please I'm, report i'm biased i think yeah. it's a cool place but no. yeah and and in this what, what did you have in mind for your practice so when it, it sounds like you're someone that really i know you didn't think through actually going to dentistry you said until later on but I'm sure when it when it came to the the planning of the practice and then the final branding and what you want to achieve the the feel you want what what did that journey look like for you and and why did you decide on what you did Yeah I mean I think the journey is interesting cuz I I feel like I'm still on it like every mm. day is you know trying to still work towards and and it evolves a little bit as as time goes on right I mean I I think because you, you kind of see everything, right? Like, and and you experience customer service in, in other parts of life. And I don't know if it's just me, but I kind of feel like in general, it's been declining uh, in, mm. in different places. I go to a coffee shop and stand at the front of the line. It takes 10 minutes for somebody to say hi to me. Like, I don't, yeah. Uh, I've been reading lots of books on hospitality and stuff. And it's, it's hard to come by nowadays. So I, I think... Like ultimately, when I was thinking about what I wanted to do and, and what I wanted to turn it into was was a place where, you know, I, I mean, I think we're just constantly trying to exceed expectations, right, in in every way. So, and again, we're still working on this. This is an everyday, everyday battle trying to improve and get processes in place and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, from the moment you walk in the door, like I, I, I want someone to kind of feel like I've never had that, like you know how how cool does that feel that that they know my name already you know like hmm. uh they remember me they they're not like looking at looking down at a screen to like see the picture or whatever like no they just they just know me um they offer me a coffee they give me all the information on what to expect before the procedure so that afterwards if something happens i'm expecting it right and we have a plan on on how to how to handle it and how to manage it and obviously i think that's a pretty big umbrella like there's a lot of things that kind of contribute to that and, and help develop that but one of the big ones i think is is taking care of the team so that always i don't know you might want to edit this one out but <laughs> I'd, I'd be talking to other people before and they'd be talking about clinics that they worked at and um you know the clinics would always say okay so so our priorities are our patients, team, and then money, right? Um, but ultimately, it ends up just feeling about, or it feels like it's it's about money, patients, and then the team. Team, yeah. And you know, I like multiple people told me this as I was hiring initially, and I kept thinking like, okay, like obviously that's a problem, but even the thing they're telling them, like in in my mind, like like how does your team feel when you say like, okay, so we spend every day together? But but you're second tier, you know, like, yeah, like, I mean, you, you look at at any successful business and they always talk about like you take care of the team and they take care of of your consumers, your customers, your patients. Right. And and I think like it's a little bit hypocritical just to say like, oh, absolutely. Patients come first because then you have team members who are disengaged and not mm. feeling the same way. Right. I might feel that way, but they don't. So I think that's one of the important things that 
that I mean I've really tried to work on is is just creating an environment where people are empowered and and constantly growing and developing and because the patient will feel that kind of aligned towards the same thing. That, that's the totally. thing. If you have if totally. you have a great team and a team of value, and you look after your team and they love what they do and they they want to build this brand and this vision that you're sharing with me now, um, it play it it spills over. Mm-hmm. You're 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 going to get a better product at the end of the day for that patient. Totally, totally. Like it's so fun. Like it's you know it's one of those things where again you don't really think about it. Like oh, I can't wait to see my team grow. Like. You know, you don't think about that as like a high school student <laughs> thinking about yeah. having a business or something. But man, it's so cool. It's so rewarding. I mean, you, you, you see somebody do something that they struggled with like three months ago, right? And you're like, that's I'm so proud. Like, it's so cool. Yeah. And it, I, I think it just translates into giving people good experiences uh, everywhere, right? So yeah, we're, working with the team's been a really big one. Obviously, um, I'm not perfect. It's a continuous journey to improvement. Uh, quality is is obviously important, and I, I think it's I've done far too much continuing ed, and I think part of it is probably a little bit of an addiction. I think, but it's I, I just love learning. It. Like it's so cool to learn the different things. Yeah, like the the different things you can do, and again, ultimately, it's it's about improving people's experiences, right? So making a procedure more efficient, being able to do a procedure that provides more benefits, right? Like I'm sure like we'll probably talk about the implant thing a little bit more specifically mm-hmm. in a bit, but um, yeah, ultimately that that was the vision is just creating a place where, you know, it's, it's not just transactional. It's everyone's kind of on the same page. We're working towards the same thing. No, that's um, that's fantastic. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. That's one of the first times I could I could genuinely see that you saying that you meant it because you have a lot of dentists that do say like my team, I put my team first and I put but I think the ma- the majority do fall into that bracket that you just said. Um, and this is this is yeah. not a bash on any dentist at all or anything. I mean, most business owners, at the end of the day, if you don't have a bottom line, mm-hmm. your business is not going to run. But to to truly, yeah. especially in a in a in a dental practice, uh, I had a uh, lengthy discussion with Eric, our founder, yesterday, and we had spoken about with, with the wrong staff, you're you are putting your business at jeopardy. You're, you're putting it up to chance hmm. because just from what you've shared now already shows the emotion behind, yes, I need the right team. I need people in line with what I'm doing and to provide mm-hmm. that patient experience. Otherwise, it it mm-hmm. becomes it becomes a problem. It, it, it starts to become a problem because the patient at the end of the day feels it. So, th- so that's where totally. I, I also always encourage dentists like, if you have a team member that's giving you trouble, you need to deal with it because often it's not, or, or someone that's, that's not growing in the business or not doing their part because at the end of the day, yes, we're all, most of us hopefully are soft-hearted human beings. We want to help each individual person, but you're rowing a boat with more than just that one person on that boat. And if it's causing the boat to not stay on track, mm-hmm. uh, you're affecting multiple families as well as your own, who is the dentist and not and, and not just that one person. So. Uh, I loved what you said there. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, it's a good thought to have. So, mm-hmm. doctor, the other thing I wanted to ask you when it comes to treatment. So, you told me the story about the practice now, and essentially what's most important for you, and as you evolved and the type of practice you're building. When it comes to treatments, um, what are your favorite treatments right now, and how, how did you get there? Yeah, it's such a hard. Yeah, I, I think, 
and again, this this evolves too, right? Like when I talk to dental students, they're like, well, what should I do? Like, should I specialize? Should I go do a residency? All this kind of stuff. And I'm like, man, I I still change. Like it, it's so difficult. I mean, I, I love most procedures. <laughs> it, you, you think about what makes you like what you do. And, and a big part of it is is patient interaction and getting to know people and, and all that kind of thing. When I think about like the technical aspect of like actually doing the job, there are some things that you know, are not necessarily the most technically demanding. And you kind of get into a flow where it almost becomes a little bit automatic, right? Which is, is good. And, and I think good for some people. I don't, for me, uh, that's not what fills my cup. You want to stay engaged. And, and so then, then you start. No. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like always no. learning, always kind of problem solving, all that kind of stuff. And so I think lately it's it's kind of just evolved in complexity, right? I mean, restoratively, you go through all the COIS, like PE stuff to learn how to rebuild things. And, and then uh, I've been spending a lot of time with implants lately. And, and so a lot of the courses I've been doing lately have been full arch implant cases. So these are people who either have, have uh, failing teeth where... Uh, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily make sense to go in and restore what's left and, and replace what's missing. Uh, they're in pain. They can't chew. Uh, they're self-conscious about what things look like. Or sometimes it's people who, who don't have any teeth and, and have been struggling with without teeth for a while. So people in dentures that admittedly, uh, I, I don't love dentures. I don't love making dentures. I don't, I don't love, you know, I, I, I think, I think at best they're, they're a compromise, uh, but they certainly serve a, a purpose, you know, so, so it's, is people that have just been struggling for a while and I, I i think the coolest thing about this type of procedure is again the impact and and managing the expectations right so i i think a lot of these courses they'll have like a live patient portion to it right and so i went to one a while ago and and i just finished reading uh, one of those books on hospitality and and again it was all about like exceeding expectations and and you know just going the extra mile to like change somebody's life and and provide something that's memorable for a lifetime right and so these live patient components uh usually the person comes in for a surgery and and you know either has teeth removed or or if if they don't have any teeth uh they just go straight to the implants and uh, the implants are placed, and uh, either the same day or the next day, um, they have a, a, a temporary set of teeth inserted that have been designed, you know, according to the person's face, so the smile looks really nice mm. and all mm. that kind of stuff. And it's brilliant. And I mean, from a marketing perspective, uh, they they it, it's like an immediate testimonial, like, you know, the whole DSD, digital smile design, emotional reaction kind of thing, oftentimes for the reveal they bring in like family members and, and all this kind of thing and, and they're filming and, and turn the person around as they see their, their new teeth for the first time. Right. And it like, there's something about the look on somebody's face when they go like, Oh my goodness, like I don't have to hide my smile anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I don't have to worry about my teeth falling out when I eat a steak or like, you know, all these things that have been like deeply impacting their life for years, most times they've been solved. And I mean, you know, like they, they got to modify their diet for a little bit, all that kind of stuff. Right. But they can see the end, the end. It's goal, a real solution. As soon as they look at their teeth. They, it's they a very can, real solution. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. I uh, saw this for the first time at a course a little while ago and, and uh, saw the reaction. And, and to be frank, like 
I don't, this lady wasn't super expressive. Her like support system wasn't super expressive. She still broke down and, and cried. And, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, I don't know. Like after you see this, I don't know how you don't want to do this. Like all the time, this is the yeah. most impactful thing. Like, you know, in, in like a day you can go from zero to a hundred. Like it's, 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 it's amazing. And so I think a lot of, what I've been working on in the last little bit is just trying to get that process as efficient as possible so that, you know, it's easy. It's uh, as affordable as possible. Obviously it's not a, a cheap thing, but there's ways to make it affordable, make it predictable so that you don't have complications or we limit the complications and, and know what to do if we run into them. Basically just trying to work on systems and, and the team and technology and equipment to make it as streamlined as it can be so that, Ultimately, I mean, I, I would love to be able to do that as frequently as possible because it's, yeah, again, like you kind of turn into a bit of an addict, I think. <laughs> that, dop that dopamine of, of seeing that. And, and have, you, have you had any recent cases or large cases that, that you've worked on that you would uh, be willing to share with us? Yeah, yeah. I don't want to go into too many details. No, of course, uh, we want to stay HIPAA. But... We want to stay HIPAA compliant on this podcast, please. <laughs> be reasonable, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, a lot of them have, have involved, uh, you know, patients that have had extent of, extensive work done in the past, right? And they kind of get to a point where, uh, you know, they're, they're not okay having something removable. I mean, it's not part of them, but they get to a point where we can't repair what's left, right? And and so you take everything out and, and try to show them what stuff is going to look like. You get a blank slate, right? Which is, is one of the coolest things about this. We had a, had a case recently where um, someone had had some implants placed uh, internationally. And, and it, I mean, it's kind of an interesting situation. Like I, I think you talk to a lot of dentists who you talk to dentists about, about this kind of thing, like vacation dentistry and, and immediately they get defensive and oh, I, I get it. It's, it's business and you're losing business and, and all that kind of stuff. I, I think it's, you know, like it serves a, a purpose, obviously quite often it's a little bit cheaper. My biggest concern is always communication and, and follow-up and admittedly, like, how do you, it, it's a tough thing to do research on. Right. Like mm. as, as a consumer, as a patient, how, how do you know what quality is like? How do you know what to expect? How do you know what you're getting into? Right. And, and especially if you go somewhere and, and there's a communication barrier, I think it be, can become very difficult anyway. Uh, so, so we're working on a case right now where, where this lady went down and I, I would argue looking at the, the records from before, uh, it didn't necessarily look like, uh, this was her only option. A nice set of teeth. I think there were just some other more minor issues that uh, personally, I think probably could have been corrected uh, in, a, in a different manner. But anyway, she um, she had all these implants placed and teeth removed, obviously, and, and not a whole lot of expectations were set necessarily. Um, so wasn't really told about what next steps would be. You know, I, I don't think there was a lot of planning that went into it, which is, is the most important part with any of these mm. is, is trying to figure out, you know, where you want to go before before you even start, right? Mm. And and so for one reason or another, didn't didn't want to go back to have everything restored. Um, and so we're kind of in the process of, of like unraveling stuff and, and trying to figure out what we can do to, to work with what we have to try to keep it affordable and, and conservative obviously i mean if you don't <laughs> you don't want to do another surgery if you don't have to do another surgery right but it's it's i, I mean i think it's it's been rewarding in the sense that uh it, it's a tricky situation and you, you kind of humanize it in the sense that you know that 
I mean, it's not a decision that I knowing what I know would, would do. Right. But I, I can, there's absolute validity in, in, in her reasoning and, and why she would have done that. Right. It's just, I, I think it's, it's hard to know what the potential concerns are and, and what you're getting into. So I'm, I'm excited to see what we can do to, um, to produce something of value. save things and, and yeah. Turn yeah. it into a, a, a as good of a result as as we can, right? So, I mean, I, I think like my my enjoyment from this so far has been taking a really complicated situation where honestly, like a, someone is really underprepared for for what is going on, and and really working hard to try to make it so that the information is digestible and and I don't overwhelm them, and and you know nothing is done incorrectly or, or anything like that. It's just trying to take somebody from. I think realistically, probably scared and confused and like unsure about what next steps are to kind of knowing what's going on and, and understanding that we got a bit of work to do. And hopefully it's it's going to give her what she ultimately wants, mm. smile back, right? I like something that you said. There is definitely some uncertainty and people, I think many people don't even know. They know the term all on four or foulage or these or, or uh, the the idea of it. When you look at some of the pictures and the complexity and things like that, I think your your average person becomes scared, as you said, and they don't know. But one thing that I've seen over and over again yeah. is, although it seems like a big process, and which it is, I don't want to downplay play it, but it's like there, there's a reason mm-hmm. uh, it takes so long to manufacture a Rolls Royce. There's a reason for it. Yeah, There's a reason why you need the right yeah. people to put that Rolls Royce together. And that's when I think of implants, if I think of full arch cases, these type of things, you're putting together a Rolls Royce. And at the end of the day, it's yes, it's expensive, but it's worth it. It's worth it because you, you're not going to have to deal with the things yeah. that you dealt with before. As you said, the the dentures falling out, it, it has a role, but yes, it has its limitations. And and if you're looking for, for mm-hmm. that Rolls Royce type of treatment and a solution that's going to actually last and feel like your natural teeth, uh, that's what excites me about these uh, all on four, all on six type of type of treatments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, like you say, it's for me. This has always been a little bit of a battle because some some people just take out, like someone will have a, a perfect set of teeth, right? Mm-hmm. And, and they're they believe so wholeheartedly in implants that they're removing perfect teeth <laughs> to put implants in. And I I feel like I really pride myself on on saving, like you know, yes. like I'll I'll throw a Hail Mary to try to save a tooth that I think most people would want to take out as long as it makes sense right and in the grand scheme of things like everything else is okay like you say I mean there's there's a ton that goes into this it's it's not a it's not a a cheap endeavor by by any means um but it's it's also a major undertaking right like there's a lot that goes into it in terms of diagnosis and and treatment planning and uh figuring out where the teeth should be uh in someone's smile uh, verifying that with them, right? Getting the right components, operating the surgery properly, and and kind of minimizing someone's discomfort, and trying to ensure that they have the most comfortable process as possible. The design of of the prosthesis and knowing how to take records, and like there's so much that goes into it. And and um, I mean, you know, you talk about a Rolls Royce, like. We, we just work to, to make it as efficient and and as predictable as, as possible and take all these complicated steps and, and try to streamline them so that, you know, obviously there's a lot of individual variations with things, but the, the highlights all kind of stay the same, 
right? It's easy for us to overwhelm people with stuff. I, I mean, you, you listen to all these people talk about case presentation and, and talking to patients about what's recommended and what would benefit them and all that kind of thing. And in, in my mind, I've kind of gone through a couple evolutions in school. And uh, shortly after you see the, the dentists that have been practicing for a long time who, who are just kind of like instructional, right? It's like, you need this. Mm-hmm. And don't say much more, just leave it to the hygienist and, and they'll sort it out. Maybe they'll book, maybe they won't. I don't know. And then as I went through school and shortly after I did all this CE and I was like, okay, yeah, it's all about educating people like crazy. Mm. And I mean, they're, they're, obviously that's important. Like, you know, people want to know what they're getting into and, and risks and benefits and alternatives and side effects and all that kind of thing. Um, but what if the person doesn't care? Right. Like it was like this major thing that, you know, there's no qualification to like try to figure out if you're even talking about the right thing. Like maybe that person has a million other things going on in their life and this is not at the top of their radar. Right. And so I guess the last evolution, and to me, it seems like uh, the, the most uh, correct one is, is just trying to figure out what is important to the person. Right. Like, you know, people can come in with the exact same situation, say they're missing all their teeth, they're struggling to eat, all this kind of stuff. One person might have a family member that's really sick that can't think about anything else than that, other than that. Right. What the heck am I doing talking for half an hour about what they need to fix their teeth? Right. They don't care. It's not a, uh, they need to go take care of their family. Whereas, you know, you, you have somebody else that comes in and you, you try to engage them in a conversation and figure out what they care about. And, and, top of their mind is is not being able to eat right they're they're really concerned about the dinner party that they went to and their teeth fell out as they were eating Mm. something right yeah yeah and those are two very different situations i mean once you kind of have that understanding then all of a sudden it's it's easy to talk about what what are your expectations and and this is how i can meet them or exceed them essentially i love that and from from there then you can talk about all the nitty-gritty yeah no i really like that and and to to bring that together, if if I'm a a person out in the Grand Prairie area now, Beaver Lodge or surrounding areas, and I'm struggling with either missing teeth or something I'm embarrassed about or I'm scared to come to the dentist, why why should I come see Dr. Adam Woods? What would you say to me? Why would you encourage me to, to, to take that step? I, I think one of the most important things that I've heard with with you know, difficult conversations is that at the end of the day, it's just a conversation, right? And and so I think like someone in that situation, uh, a lot of the fear comes from like, oh man, like that sounds like a lot of stuff. Uh, it's going to hurt. I'm going to be really uncomfortable. Uh, it's going to cost a lot of money. I don't have that kind of money, right? But that like, that's not the first step. I mean, that's, you know, the first step isn't come on in and we'll do all this in one day. Like to me, that makes no sense. Ultimately, I I guess if I'm, if I'm plugging what we do, the first step is just coming in and having a conversation, right? My, My goal is to figure out what's going on, what's bugging you, what's happening. Maybe, maybe this isn't the right thing for you, right? But maybe I can offer something that, that at least improves your situation so that, you know, your your confidence is better, your functions better, whatever uh, it it may be. So I, I think you know that is probably the most important thing. Like it's it's totally dependent on what somebody wants. That conversation, the first conversation, is is just set up so that we can kind of get an idea of of what somebody wants, what their expectations are, and you're there to if, help. If I mean, that's, that's my what somebody decides to yeah, do. yeah. That's my idea. That's I think there's a misconception of yeah. like that. 
they again and this goes back to this idea of dentists like i i don't understand why there's this idea that dentists are any less like warm-hearted like loving people that just want to see people do better like i don't know why that is that is not universally just accepted because at the end of the day the only thing dentists do is try and help people get out of pain look better smile better be happier with who they are not hide their smile like all of those things are positives to me and yeah maybe it's a bit uncomfortable relative to some other type of medical procedures or things like that but you're also working on something very intricate and something very complicated your mouth your teeth the the nerve system the enamel that all of those things mm-hmm. are, are difficult things but that doesn't mean it's something to fear it's just something that maybe takes a bit longer as you said it takes a couple of more conversations and figuring out what needs to happen totally right and and figuring out what barriers are right if if it's if it's anxiety like you're saying i mean hey like you, you go through all this stuff and try to figure out what the barriers are and then offer a solution not saying oh yeah we got this like that's mm. it'll take care of that like mm. well you know we have sedation and and this is how it can make that better for you just just so that it can make it easier for you to get what you want mm. essentially right yeah like you say i, I mean it's you, you kind of take it for granted especially i i know i did like right out of school you, you're doing fillings and doing all this kind of stuff but man it it's someone's smile it's someone's ability to present themselves confidently and and you know feel good about smiling on a first date or a job interview or or be able to to eat a meal at at their granddaughter's graduation or 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 whatever right so yeah it's a it's a privilege to be able to do what we do stunning that's a that's a good note with that um dr woods i want to say thank you so much for being here with me today and that we could chat a bit uh, I think a lot of young dentists can definitely take a, a page out of your book. Yeah, thank you for being hungry in, in what you're doing. I'm I'm excited to see where you go, definitely, with how uh, hungry you are to keep learning. I'm I'm sure with, as dentistry advance, advances, you will be at the forefront. So keep on keeping on, and uh, thank you again for being here. Thank you, Ian. I appreciate it.